0: Welcome to the Riverside Church Podcast. We hope today's message encourages you and strengthens your walk with God. Enjoy the message.: The secret to growth in any area is education. Education, no matter what field you're in, the more you learn about that field, the more you understand, the more you grow, and you can widen expand your boundaries and remove limitations. So here's what I want to read with you if you have your syllabus. Let's just read this first page. It said, Jesus established his kingdom here on earth and explained the 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 foundational principles for us plainly and many times through parables and metaphors. How many of you remember there are so many parables that Jesus talked about in the scripture? There's a reason for that. And they were all about the kingdom. Through his teachings, we can experience his kingdom and presence in our lives. And that's what we're going to do today. What we are going to do is explain what, in my opinion, and a lot of other people and pastors, I believe that this is the most important, one of the most important parables you can ever learn and understand. If you can understand this one parable, you have the secret to understanding the rest of them. And understanding the kingdom of God. What we need to understand through this process of these semesters is that the kingdom of God is real. It is a government that you cannot see ran by a king that you can feel. The kingdom of God, by definition, is a government of a king. The governing entity of a king who gave his life for you. And if he gave his life for you and paid the highest price, that means he wants the best for you. So when you live in that kingdom, you're given privilege, the privileges to live there. The king owns everything, but he's given you the right to in his domain. That means you have his protection, his provision, you have his wisdom, understanding, insight, and counsel. How many of you want to live and walk? and reign with Jesus Christ in your life. The King of kings and the Lord of lords. The name that's given among men whereby we must be saved. The only name that devils tremble at. The only name that diseases disappear at. The only name that you can mention out of your mouth that'll shift the environment and change the atmosphere and turn your situation around. Somebody say Jesus. Somebody say Jesus. I better go. You ready? Luke chapter 8. Here's what we're going to do. Read about it. Talk about it. I'm going to tell you that today you probably want to take notes. You probably want to take notes. Last night we had a great study, by the way. Dr. Al Gawson taught the bi- baptism workshop, and the person that showed up got baptized, and the Spirit received the Holy Spirit and speaking in tongues. Last night, somebody received the baptism of the Holy Spirit speaking in tongues. Did you hear? Last night, somebody received the baptism of the Spirit speaking in tongues. I'm just saying, it's still happening. I'm just saying, it's still happening. That's all I'm saying. It works. Here we go. Luke chapter 8, verse 1, soon after Jesus began a tour of the nearby towns and villages, preaching and announcing the good news about the what? The kingdom, the kingdom of God. That's what his message was. He took his 12 disciples with him, along with some women who had been cured of evil spirits and diseases. Among them were Mary Magdalene, from whom he had cast out seven demons, Joanna, the wife of Chusa, and Herod's business manager, Susanna, and many others who were contributing from their own resources to support Jesus and his disciples. God always has someone to back up what he's asked you to do. And of all people, Herod's business manager. He can use who he wants to use. One day, Jesus told a story in the form of a parable to a large crowd that had gathered from many towns to hear him. His popularity had gotten there, and he people would come around from regions to hear him. In verse 5, it says, a farmer went out to plant. Now, what is a farmer? A farmer is a laborer in this parable that's A laborer in the kingdom of God. A laborer. In this case, I believe the farmer was Jesus. In this case. Because when you read this, understand, he went out to plant his seed. Now, the scripture says that he went about announcing the good news. That was the seed. You have to understand this because this parable was relating to them in that moment. He was telling them a story to help them that were there. So the only farmer or the only one that was in connection to the kingdom was the one who carried the kingdom and the word that was given was the seed and the seed was the message that he had. So the farmer took the gospel of the kingdom, took the message and sowed it As he scattered it across his field. Keep in mind, now he's talking about a specific area, a field. His field, which means that he developed the field. He tilled it, broke up the ground, prepared it for the seed. Some seed fell on a footpath. Everyone say footpath where it was stepped on and the birds ate it. Other seeds fell among rocks. Everyone say rocks. It's very important to understand the three different types of areas the seed landed on. It began to grow, but the plant soon withered and died for lack of moisture. Other seeds fell among thorns that grew with it, choked out the tender plants. Everyone say thorns. So other seeds fell on fertile ground, good ground. This seed grew, the one that fell on good ground. So you have four types of grounds here. Good ground. It produced a crop that was 100 times as much as had been planted. Other translations say 30, 60, 100. We're going with the fact that there was fruit, results. Results. That's why we're using this translation just to simply explain the parable in the sense of the farmer got results from the seeds that he put into the field he prepared. When he had said this, he called out, anyone, anyone, all the crowds of people that were there from different countries, different towns, from different towns, they came to hear him. He said, any one of you, anyone with ears, do you have ears? Check your neighbor. Do they have any ears? Oh, Lord, please don't let this be one of those disabled services. Somebody doesn't have any. It'd be the most embarrassing thing. And Lord, forgive me for even saying that. It just kind of came out. Anyone with ears to hear should listen and, everyone say, Understand. Understand. You're going to learn something today that I believe is going to revolutionize your progress and growth in the kingdom of God. I really do. I believe that that what you're fixing to hear, you can apply, and you're going to get results. If you'll just listen, take to heart, get the overall picture, and understand this parable. If you get this parable, it's going to open up a whole new world to your prayer life, to your walk with God. Uh, you're going to be able to access the kingdom and get results in the kingdom. Some of you are used to getting results from things that you do already. Some of you are used to getting results. Uh, but, but results in the kingdom of God vary based on faith, based on the condition of the soil. So we're going to explain this today, and we're going to pray that God would help, help you listen and have understanding. So will you pray this prayer with me right now and say, Lord Jesus. Give me an understanding heart. God, remove any hardness. Remove any other cares. Remove any distractions from my life. And I pray right now in Jesus' name for clear understanding. Amen. Give the Lord, just because he's worthy, just one ovation in praise. Thank you, Lord, for ahead of time. And you can be seated. Thank you for standing for so long and listening. I want to say something while it's fresh in my mind and help someone understand something here. Um, A lot of people may not know the difference between wisdom and understanding. Wisdom and understanding. How many of you would like to know the difference? Raise your hand if you'd like to know the difference. Well, when you think of understanding, you have to know that many times the scripture will reference a part of the body to understanding, and that is the eyes. The eyes. Like Paul wrote, he prayed that the eyes of our understanding will be enlightened and opened, meaning that God would give you clear vision, clarity. Clarity is so important. When you have understanding, you have clear vision. Clear vision. In the Scripture, there were many people, That missed Jesus because they were in darkness. So darkness simply means a lack of God in their understanding. No God in their understanding. But when you understand, you see well. So understanding is key. Now when you can see an overview of everything, you're able to make a good decision based on what you understand. That's wisdom. So now that you see everything, you're clear to it, and this is what God does for you, God will give you a clear understanding, then he'll enable you to make a wise decision based on that understanding, and then people call you wise, right? But it wasn't your wisdom, it was God giving you clear understanding. Understanding is key to know how the real world really functions, and to me, The real world is what will be in existence after this world is gone. I'm going to say that one more time. My real world is the one that will be eternal. This body is going to be dust one day. Hopefully dust and not mud in the ocean someplace because of an air flight or something. But I'm just saying it's going to be in the ground, right? It's going to pass. You're not going to live forever. Okay, I'm just telling you that, but what's inside of you will be forever. And what's forever is what matters. The kingdom of God is forever. To understand that means everything. So you put your attention and priorities on the things that are eternal this parable is key to making that reality to making the kingdom of god reality so i want to begin by showing you this slide and this picture if you'll throw up the slide that will be there you go when you read the parable i always read the parable and i and, and you got to forgive me but this is me this was me maybe this is you too i never thought of it the way I'm looking at it right now, the way you see it. I always thought of like the Lord being like Johnny Appleseed, just going all over the place and just throwing seeds everywhere. I mean, you know, Jesus went to the region and he began to share the gospel. Remember, the seed was the teachings of the gospel, the knowledge of it. You have to get that right here first to understand the rest of this message and teaching. That was the message Jesus gave. That was the reason for him coming. He gave his life that we may enter in. But it was all geared toward the kingdom of God. The place of your residency for eternity. It's very important to understand that your address that you identify with will determine what gets delivered to you. Who's that for? The address that you give to Amazon is where you'll get the package delivered to. The address that you have established within your heart is where God delivers things to. It has to become a reality inside here, deeper than up here, Knowledge comes here. Revelation comes from here. Your spirit, man. And when I looked at this, I understood, wait a minute. The scripture says the farmer had prepared or had a a field. So this is an actual field like this right here. So if you notice the ground he's standing on is good ground. That field. The parable, when you look at it, It was a farmer coming to sow the seed, but he doesn't just get out there and throw seeds anywhere carelessly. A farmer does not waste seeds. A farmer does not waste seed. A farmer puts the seed where he tilled the ground. Where was Jesus sowing? The scripture says that John the Baptist came before, For the lord and proclaimed a message of repentance to the region john the baptist was the tiller that prepared the way for the lord and what john the baptist was doing was preparing the hearts of the people by getting them to turn away from sin turning to god that jesus could come and sow the seed of the kingdom So when he was sowing seed, he was teaching the people who had experienced repentance and had a heart towards God are anticipating his arrival. So he was sowing seed. But how did the seed get on this path that you see at number one? Number one is the path that's referred to in this parable. Number two is the stony and the rock places and the hard places that the seed also landed. Number three is the thorns and the thistles. And number four is the good ground. The only way a sower would get seed on a path is that when he tosses it and sows it, the wind takes it. The wind takes the seed. And it landed in areas that was meant to be in good ground, but yet the wind has a mind of its own. The scripture says that the wind in John chapter 3 will go wherever it desires, meaning the spirit. As Jesus was sowing seed, now catch this, as Jesus was sowing seed in the ground that had been prepared, there were others there that were on their own path. That the Spirit of God allowed them to hear the message. As he was sowing seed, the Spirit of God allowed the message to come into people's minds with hearts that were hardened. And there were people there that were curious, probably there for the fishes and the loaves. Because appetite has a lot to do with the cares of this life and the flesh that when they had the message sown into their heart, it was choked out. But there were there, there were some that were there that were open, that received it. And he said, for those of you who aren't on their own path and doing what you want to do and doing your own plans, for those of you whose hearts aren't hardened, and for those of you who have more care For the kingdom and my will than anything else other than the things of this world. Your flesh, pleasure, or materialistic things. I'm going to sow seed into your life. And you're going to get results. Some of you 30 times, 60 times, and 100 times. A heart that has been fully prepared by God or tilled and prepared will bring results. Case in point is the life of Jesus Christ. The actual seed. The scripture refers to him as the seed of Abraham. And he died and was sown. Would you like to see the fruit of that? Look around. Look around. Still today, it's producing fruit. Multiplication. How does the multiplication factor come in? Anything and any principle God sows into your life, if you allow it to hide in your heart, meditate on it, let it grow, practice it, it will produce way more than what was sown. You can count. I'm going to say this so Write it down if you want, but just remember, you can count the number of seeds in the apple, but you can't count the number of apples in the seed until it grows. And Jesus said, and this seed, if you allow it to germinate and grow, it will produce a hundred times more than what you expected. You'll get results. But it is all based on the condition of the ground the condition of the ground the ground will produce what you understand and grab point number one you become what you understand you become what you understand there is a big difference between having knowledge and having clear understanding See, knowledge becomes sweet to you through understanding. That's when knowledge becomes food, nourishment for your soul. The application of that comes in the form of wisdom. Solomon knew this. Pastor CJ preached about this and said a few nights ago on a Wednesday night, that Solomon did not ask for wisdom. He asked for understanding. When he asked for understanding, he had wisdom. When you, now, he also wrote about this in the book of Proverbs. And all you're getting, get understanding. I want to show you what understanding will do. Understanding will help you embrace the kingdom concept First things first in our lives, what we really need to do is ask God for an understanding heart. That's not the point, but that's the suggestion. That, that is what the advice I'm going to give you because a lot of people don't know how to get understanding. Well, you have not because you ask not. Ask him for it. Ask the Lord for understanding. Take time. Slow down. Well, it's hard for me to slow down. Well, it is easier because you're not slowing down up here. Once this slows down, everything else slows down. You don't have, I didn't say stop doing what you're doing. I said idle yourself sometimes to make time for God to get understanding so your perspective will change. You got to take time. Mark chapter 12 says this. One of the teachers of the religious law was standing there listening to the debate. They were debating. They were trying to outwit Jesus. And he realized that Jesus had answered well. So he asked, of all the commandments which is the most important, Jesus replied, the most important commandment is this. Listen, O Israel, the Lord our God is one and only is the one and only Lord. The one and only. It was very important for them to understand this, being surrounded with all kinds of false idols, and Rome was there overseeing them, an influx of pagan worship was there, and it had always been an issue for Israel that they were surrounded by pagan worshipers. So he's reminding them, remember, there's only one Lord, only one God. capital G and you must love the Lord your God the Lord your God with all your heart everyone say all your heart it's hard to give God all your heart when the world is pulling and tugging at it isn't it our priorities our responsibilities our schedules are those dings that go off because you scheduled something in Google Calendar I'm talking to anybody here today that's overwhelmed by schedules, appointments, dates, times. Can I give you the secret? Put God in your schedule. And put a different ringtone to it. Like maybe a fire hydrant or a fire, you know, siren, siren, not a hydrant. That too. You got to make time. If you don't control your time, something else will control you. It's just a simple fact. I'm speaking to myself as well. I have to make sure every day I evaluate my life. If things aren't going the way I need them to go, then I have to evaluate and figure out why. I'm the source. So you have to accept responsibility. Well, While they're challenging Jesus in this debate, they're actually trying to trick him up. So they asked him, what's the greatest of all the commandments? And when he said this, with all your heart, all your soul, all your mind, and all your strength, well, that's just your entire being. You belong to God, in other words. Why do you belong to God? Well, listen, it doesn't matter if you sell your soul to the devil. He didn't purchase your soul with his blood, so it doesn't belong to him. Your soul was already purchased by Jesus Christ. It belongs to him. It doesn't matter how far you go and what you're doing. You've already been purchased. While we were yet sinners, yet Christ died for Uh, somebody say thank you Lord verse 32 uh, well actually it says in verse 31 the second is equally important love your neighbor as yourself nor the commandment is greater than these let me move on the teacher of the religious law replied well said teacher right if I would have been there I would have been like dude really you're telling the teacher of teachers well done like who are you dude you have spoken the truth by saying that there's only one God and no other and I know it is important to love him with all your heart and all your what understanding he said I know it's important to love him with all your understanding and all my strength to love your neighbor as myself, this is more important than to offer all of the burnt offerings and sacrifices required in the law. It's greater than your sacrifice. That's what God really wants. Then when you get that right, your sacrifices will mean something. Because a lot of people do with the hands without the heart. They do with the mind out of logic thinking to get results, and there's no results. When the, because the ground, the heart isn't dealt with. It has a lot to do with the condition. So we can, from the mind, religion form. Religion is an act of the mind. Relationship and covenant with God is an act of the heart. Now, listen to what happened. 34 says, realizing how much the man understood, Jesus said to him, You are not far from the kingdom of God. Notice how much he understood was based on his proximity to the kingdom of God. And if I'm just saying the kingdom of God and it's going over your head like a ham at a bar mitzvah. You don't understand the kingdom of God yet because you have to know that this world that you see with the natural eye is temporary. But the one that you can't see with the spiritual eye is eternal. And it's more real than what you're looking at right now. Because it's eternity. It's eternal. And when we get that concept, we understand that understanding that world. That governing entity that God placed in this world. The kingdom. You see, the kingdom is nothing more than the expression of the conviction and the principles of the king king jesus king jesus came into this world to restore what was lost before the fall of man and that kingdom would be forever but to embrace it now is a gift a privilege an honor You can accomplish so many things in your life and have so many degrees and so many businesses or so many titles or accomplishments and raises, whatever it is that you feel like you have the urge to get. But there is nothing that would be more beneficial than understanding every principle in the kingdom of God. Even one principle, one seed, one seed or one understanding of one seed will produce A hundred times more than what you received. Think about the multiplication factor. I need to take grammar again. No. Spelling. Anyway. Think about that. One seed. One principle. I don't understand this all, Pastor. Focus on one principle. Jesus made it so simple. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your mind, all your strength. That's just your entire body. In other words, surrender and submit to him. Put him first. Let the heart be right and your heart fixed. So when God gives the word, then you'll be ready to produce something and watch it bring results in your life concerning his plan, his peace, his joy, his understanding, and so forth. He said, but I saw the understanding that this guy had. In the religious world, he's not far from the kingdom of God. Keep in mind, religion takes you far away from God. It was the religious people that crucified Jesus. The religious people, the Sanhedrin, the scribes, the Pharisees, they were the hand that held the dagger from Rome that crucified Christ. The hand of religion took the weapon of Rome and they crucified the Lord of glory. Religion was far removed. And because their, their minds were darkened, they didn't understand, they crucified Jesus Christ. That's how far they were removed. What blinded them? Religion, tradition, pride, their own path. I believe the path that was there had a lot to do with religion. The path of religion. When the sown, the seed of the kingdom is sown on that path that someone believes they're on the right one already. It's hard to convince them otherwise. And anything you tell them, a spirit will come. The birds will come and eat the seed or take that understanding away. Because they're dead set in their mind. They have everything and know everything already. Have you ever tried talking to somebody? I'm not going to say any names, but maybe your kids. I don't know. And they know everything already. It's hard to try to convince them that you have experience, right? Like it's hard to tell them, like, I've been there, done that, dude. I'm trying to tell you don't do it. (laughs) All right. Go ahead. (coughs) Learn the hard way. You want to know why you can't convince them? Because they're on their own path. You want to know how they get on the right path? When they realize that path has a dead end. I have a word for somebody. I'm going to tell you, sometimes the best foundation is rock bottom. That's why God allows you to go there. But I'm going to tell you one thing. You become what you understand. You become what you understand. You know what the devil's afraid of today? Not you being in church. That don't bother him. Being in church does not bother him. You want to know what bothers him? That you're going to understand what's being said. That's what scares him. You want to know why you have all these things? It's all about understanding. If they get what's going on, things are going to change. But they have a better opportunity for understanding something to make it happen. So you know what makes them even more fearful? That you're going to act on what you understand. Point number two, and I'm leaving you with this. To get 100% results, you must be 100% in. Oh, that's scary to a lot of people. Because they know what they understand. You understand what 100% means. Can I be honest with you? I didn't start at 100%, and I'm not at 100%. I'm aiming for 100%. Oh, my God, Pastor Bobby. No, but I told you he's not 100 <laughs> Hey, are you... I'm just saying, I'm looking in the crowd right now. I don't see any wings or halos. I'm just saying. <laughs> we are all striving for 100% results in our life. But I can honestly tell you, I believe I'm around 30 or 60. Maybe even more, I don't know. I'm striving for 100. You know when I'll hit 100. I don't know. I mean, I'm asking you, do you know when I'm going to hit 100? <laughs> I don't know. Do <laughs> thought, thought I have the answer? I don't have the answer. Neither do you. But you know when you're in it. You'll know every time you pray that you get an answer. You know every time you pray for somebody who's sick, there's an answer. You see healing. You see, answer. You see when you begin to pray for your kids, you see them get away from those drugs and alcohol and all of that spirits that come around to take them away from God. I'm telling you that when you understand the kingdom and you allow the principles to be sown into your life, it will bring results, and whatever you do, and whatever you say and whatever you align yourself up with will back you up will back you up. I've seen it happen before. I have seen God answer prayers for my children, for my family, for our businesses that God's allowed us to lead and to establish. I have seen the hand of God work in this church. I have seen the hand of God work in your life as we even pray from you from a pastoral point of view. And there is nothing more authoritative in this world than the kingdom of God. And there's nothing and no one more powerful Then it's king. Somebody say King Jesus. You got to be all in. At least have the intent to be all in and act on it. You may never get 100%, but can I ask you a question? Even is 75 better than zero? If 25% better than zero. I've got more. I've got more. I want to read you this, and come on up here. I'm closing. Come on up here. I'm closing. Jeremiah chapter 4. Let me tell you what Jeremiah was told by God. This is so amazing here because it's so relevant to understand the perspective of God. Israel was rebellious during the days of Jeremiah. But listen to what he told them. Jeremiah 4. Verse 1, O Israel, saith the Lord, if you wanted to return to me, you could. Never say I can't or have an excuse. If you really wanted to, you could. We all know that, right? We could. You could throw away your detestable idols. Stray away. No more. Stop running. Stop going away. Stop trying to hide. Then when you swear by my name, how many of you have ever used the name of Jesus and out of a disposition of authority, love, not swear in the way of cussing, right? That's blasphemy. But when you use the name, as surely as the Lord lives, you could do so with truth, justice, and righteousness. What? Use the name. Then you would be a blessing to the nations of the world. He's talking about the entire people. God wants his people to be the head, not the tail. Above, not beneath. Then you would be a blessing to the nations. And all the people would come and praise my name. In other words, you're gonna to get to shine a little bit, and they're gonna recognize you. But but I'm gonna get all the credit for it. I'm good with that. I'm alright with God getting all the credit. I'm good with that because listen, I'm fine with God. People looking at me and saying, "Boy, he's blessed," but it's because of the Lord. I'm good with that. I'm good. I don't need the title. I mean, call me the janitor here. I'm good with that. I'm blessed. I'm highly, I feel peace in my life. I can sleep at night. I'm good. Call me what you want to. He'll get the credit. And this is what the Lord says to the people of Judah and Jerusalem. Listen to this. Plow up the hard ground of your hearts. Do not waste your good seed among thorns. Don't waste your seed. Don't waste the seed. O oh, people of Judah and Jerusalem, surround, surrender your pride and power. Change your hearts before the Lord. And I'm going to stop right there, but here's what I want to show you. Throw the slide back up. Please throw that slide back up. Here's what I want to show you. Number one, the seed went on a path. Let's call that self-will. People that have their own ideas. People that Don't have understanding, but they're fixated on being right. That's pride. Tradition will keep you on your own path. You want to know why a lot of people get weary? Because they belong in the field. And they're on their own path. What did Jesus say? Come unto me, all you that are weary. Come unto me. I was sharing this last night with someone, and I was telling them, When he said, come unto me, he was speaking from the perspective of an oxen. And where does an ox work? In the field. When you're in the field of labor, you're in the will of God, but he's the one that anoints you to carry the weight, the yoke upon you. You're better off and more at peace in the will of God, laboring for him than you are on your own path. Because when I try to sow seed and so the, the, the spirit allows you to get an understanding And be in a moment Where you receive a principle It won't seek in and the spirit will take it Because you're dead set on your ways Hardened hearts Are a result of unforgiveness or maybe no results Of frustration I give up pride I don't want Anyone's help A hardened heart most of the time stems from unforgiveness, forgiving yourself and others. A hardened heart. Break up the ground and say, Lord, I forgive, forgive me, I forgive myself. There's much more to the definition, but I'm just going to keep it at that. And then the thorns and thistles is what's choked out. principle of God. This is why some people, again, this is why some people aren't getting the understanding of the kingdom and just hearing about it through knowledge, but not allowing it to sink in to get the reality. Because if you can ever get an understanding of this and you begin to act on it, things are going to change for the good, for the good. Thorns and thistles, he said, was the cares of this life and the flesh. It's when you don't care. Simply put, because your cares are at other places. You care about more about other things rather than the will of God or God's will for your life. And I promise you, God's will is much better. God doesn't want to take things away from you. God wants to add to you to make things better. Psalms 32 and I close with this. Psalms 32 says this. and I'm going to give you a conclusion after that. I will instruct you. Listen to Psalms 32 and 8. I will instruct you and teach you in the way you should go. I will guide you with my eye. Do not be like the horse or the mule. Have you ever been stubborn like a mule, anybody? Okay, do I have to be the first one? Again? See, I'm always the first one, man. Yeah, that, okay, you guys back there, held your Okay, stand up, please. I'm joking, don't. I'm joking. I'm never raising my hand again. Do not be like the horse or like the mule, which have no understanding which must be harnessed with a bit and a bridle, else they will not come near you. In other words, these animals have no understanding. They're without understanding, human wisdom, understanding from God. Therefore, that's why they have to put a bridle on them. That's why they have to be controlled by somebody else, a human being that has understanding. So you have to ask yourself, What's, what's, who's got you bridled? But when the Lord has your heart, no one has the right to take you. How do I seek the kingdom, Pastor Bobby? Well, the scripture says, stop worrying about everything else. Seek the kingdom of God first. And everything, I believe everything, physically, emotionally, mentally, Spiritually is added to your life. Everything. How do you do this? Here's what I'm going to give you. Right here. Seek. Here's the definition of seek in the Greek. Made simple for you. To find out by thinking, meditating, reasoning, to inquire into. As you pursue God in the Bible, And you begin to pursue principles about. This is why we have been going through semesters to learn of how the kings interacted with God, how the priests began to worship, how everything is in relation to God as you seek the kingdom through the word of God to understand him and you inquire and slow down and meditate and take time to pray to him and talk to the king of that kingdom he said that he will begin to put everything in order in your life that needs to be in order just by doing that simple act try it this week try to seek him like you would seek for gold or to treasure or a big job or a big opportunity seek him you may not have it all down you may not understand the theological expressions of the scripture but you're not looking for that you're looking for the heart of the king it's in the word of god and you have access to him anytime you want you don't have to go through an appointment The sad part is, God is trying to make an appointment with us. Will you stand to your feet here this Sunday morning, and I want to challenge you. I want to challenge you by shifting your thinking, by repenting of old ways and adopting new ways. And saying, Lord, change my mind, change my heart. Just change my priorities. Make this your prayer today. Will you do this today very simply? Will you say, Lord, make the kingdom of God. Say it with me. Lord. Make the kingdom of God my top priority. Now, let's lift up our hands and worship. Father, in the name of Jesus, come on, lift your voice. Just lift your voice right now. Just lift your voice and tell him, Lord, I love you, and I want you to be number one. Let there be understanding. Pray for the Lord to give you an understanding heart. Ask him to remove every rocky place, every stony place. Father, in the name of Jesus, I speak against every spirit of distraction and everything that comes against your people right now. And this atmosphere, Father, for those that are watching online and those that are watching by, by YouTube and those that are just catching this later, I pray right now there is no boundary between you and them. Now, in the name of Jesus, remove every distraction, every addiction, every every irritation in their life. Right now, remove it, and I say, go in the name of Jesus. Go in the name of the Lord Jesus. Let their focus be the kingdom of God. Let the understanding of our hearts and minds open our eyes. Somebody say, open my eyes. Open my eyes. Open my eyes, Lord. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus.